Hi, imposter syndrome. Welcome. Welcome. What are you here to show me? What are you here to teach me? Or is the fact that I'm feeling this maybe just the reminder I needed that I'm on the path, that I'm doing something that is a little scary, that is a little outside of my comfort zone. And that is awesome, right? We need more of that in our life. So I say, what's up? I celebrate it. I'll pop the confetti when I feel it instead of hiding from it or letting it sort of like hijack my day and my work. You're listening to Make Some Noise podcast, episode number 420 with guest Judy Holler. Welcome to Make Some Noise podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad you're here because I finally have Judy Holler on the show, and we've been following each other on social media. She is such a hoot, so much energy. You are going to love her stories and just everything about her. But before we jump in, um, how are you? First and foremost, how are you doing? If you're listening to this kind of in real time, we're barreling towards the end of 2021, and it's the holidays, it's cold in a lot of places of the world, I just want to know how you are. Come and tell me over on Instagram. I always like to hear from y'all. I met Hey Andrea Owen over there. Also, P.S., if you are thinking about this new year and you're like, gosh, I kind of wish I could have some help to get my shit together, well, here's an option. We have some spots open for private coaching. When I say we, I mean me and Liz and Sabrina, who are my fantastic, talented lead coaches over here. Let me give you an example of what happens in coaching. Basically, when you come, you have a primary focus that you want to work on. It's not up to us. It's up to you. Do you want to live your life in accordance to your values? Do you want to start learning how to set boundaries with some people in this new year? So here's a here's a real example. I had a client who, and she'd been my client for several months at this point, and she was toying with the idea of leaving her job that she'd had for a while, and she wanted to start her own consulting business. It was what she was passionate about. It was kind of the eventually I will do that. Someday I will do that. And she came to the session and she had this fantastic URL that she wanted to buy that was available on the internets. And it was clever. And it, had, it was like attached to her last name. And I was like, you have to do this before someone else takes it. And she's like, yeah, I eventually will. And I was like, okay, we're going to hang up the phone. You're going to go and buy it. I mean, it was like $9.99. $10, not $999. $10. You're going to buy it. And as soon as that, that transaction is done, you can call me back. And she was like, what? And I'm like, yes, go and do it. Just just go and do it. So she did it. She called me back. She's like, okay, the URL is purchased. And just that, just that momentum, that one action that she took 
propelled her to take more and more steps. She had the confidence like, oh my gosh, it's just this series of steps that I have to take. Oh my gosh, it's scary. And I held her hand the whole way. And now she has her own consulting business. It's Jessica Sharp. She's talked about it here on the show. So I know that she won't mind if I'm talking about it. Hi, Jessica. Sharp Brain Consulting. And she did it. She left her job. And now she has a consulting practice and she even has an employee. Holy shit. <laughs> I I love that story so much because it shows the power of coaching and how just having someone give you these nudges and of course there's so much more involved in coaching than than just that, but that is a that is a huge advantage of having a coach. So if you head over to andreaowen.com/apply There's a questionnaire in there, and you'll kind of figure out what it is maybe that you specifically want, because we ask you some big questions. AndreaOwen.com slash apply, and then we will get back to you and let you know what the next steps are. Filling out the application does not obligate you to sign up for coaching, but it is the first step if you are thinking about it. All right, let's get on with the show. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Judy Holler is an author, keynote speaker, thought leader, podcaster, improviser, and the creator and CEO of The House of And, a serendipity-driven education and apparel brand that helps teams, companies, and the humans inside them think like improvisers so they can have more breakthrough moments. Judy's professional accomplishments have gained her praise with mentions in Forbes and by Success Magazine. Additionally, her top podcast, Yes And, with Judy Holler, highlights her professional improv training, which you will hear on the show. We have a little practice session. As an alumni of Second City's Conservatory in Chicago, bringing the improv mindset to you each week with a focus on mental health, high-performance habits, and spirituality. Each year, Judy speaks on stages around the United States and beyond to audiences of 10 to 10,000, sharing the power of improv mindset with her interactive, high-vibe, and inspirational keynote speeches. So without further ado, here is Judy Holler. Judy Holler, welcome to the show. <laughs> so good to be here. Why do I instantly want to just go holla? <laughs> it's so it's too fun. And I was born with that last name, by the way. Were sidebar. You? Like that is not my married name. That is like I was born with that name. I would have kept it so. too. <laughs> That's a keepable that name. That's a keepable very, name. Especially given the work that you do. Yeah. Isn't it ironic? Like the angels knew. They did. Andrew, like they knew. They knew. They definitely knew. And you are definitely the first Judy I've had on. And I know that because that is my sister's name. So that name's so you special. Know. Yeah. She's a, she's a Judy Ann. Hold on. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Is she originally Judith? No. She's a Judy Ann. Oh, so she was a Judy Ann. So I'm a Judith Ann. Okay. So you find, first of all, it's a rare name, especially this age range. Like I'm a young Judy. You are. A young well, she's, a, she's a young boomer. She was born in 1962. Get it's out! Older than me. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I'm so here for this. I I love it's it. It's such a I great it, name. I, I think it should make a comeback. Two Judy Ants in your life. <laughs> Two Judy Ants. And I'm a Marie. <laughs> so is my daughter. Ooh, so. <laughs> I'm I'm here for this. I love it. Are you? By the way, are you like? Were you um, raised Catholic by any chance? Kind of. So yes, both of my parents were. It's a kind of a long story, but we ended up Lutheran, which is basically like okay. Catholic light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, very much. So I found a lot of Judiths and Marie's and all that Elizabeth, very um, yeah. kind of Catholic. Yeah. Elizabeth, <laughs> like my sister's middle name. Anyway, I get, we're ranting no. on names. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, yeah. everyone. <laughs> I love it. I'm here As for we get it. To know I'm, each I'm other. here for it. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, okay. So let's let's get into it. I have so many questions for you, and I know that your work is going to resonate so much with my listeners. And let's kick it off by talking about a little bit of imposter syndrome. So I know that we often talk about imposter complex, imposter syndrome, imposter phenomenon. Um, and I'm always interested in hearing other people's perspectives on it, you know, cause I have my own. So tell us what your view of it is, like, how does it manifest and what are some ways that you teach people, especially women to combat their imposter complex? Mm. Imposter syndrome. Um, it's interesting as you ask me the question, and I think anytime I'm even asked the question, I instantly feel like an imposter myself, right? Like, who am I to give anyone listening advice on this topic? But wait, hold on. Who am I not to, right? We all have our own relationship with the way fear shows up in our life. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, Andrea, but the, I know for sure, that imposter syndrome is one of the ways that fear loves to hide. So my perspective on it, because I deal with it on the regular, just like everybody else, is number one, let's not forget what it is. It is feelings of inadequacy, despite (laughs) evidence of kicking ass, like despite evidence of you doing the damn thing, right? So uh, very legendary and famous people throughout time, people like Maya Angelou and J-Lo are very famously and notoriously quoted uh, with their struggles on imposter syndrome. So like, you're not alone, number one, and it is you feeling like an imposter despite you going out there doing great things. So here's what I do with it. I flip it on its head. And I sort of reframe it. And I do because I feel like it's a way fear shows up. I do what it doesn't expect. Instead of doing what imposter syndrome, i.e. fear, expects, which is us to play small and shrink ourselves and to hide and to play it safe and all these things, or just frankly, stop our work in general (laughs) because we don't feel like we're good enough. Uh I instead turn the table and I say... It's not that imposter syndrome has arrived. Oh, wait, I've arrived because I feel like if I am feeling that feeling, if I am starting to feel like an imposter, I am starting to illuminate to myself what it is I want more of. And I am starting to recognize that I'm sort of worthy of it. And oh, by the way, if I am feeling imposter syndrome, it means I'm doing shit in this world that matters. So yay, welcome to the party. Congratulations, Judy. Mm -hmm. Dude, you're doing it. Like, hi, imposter syndrome. Welcome. Welcome. What are you here to show me? What are you here to teach me? Or is the fact that I'm feeling this maybe just the reminder I needed that I'm on the path, that I'm doing something that is a little scary, that is a little outside of my comfort zone. And that is awesome, right? We need more of that in our lives. So I say, what's up? I celebrate it. I'll pop the confetti when I feel it instead of hiding from it or letting it sort of like hijack my day and my work. You know, Mm -hmm. is it easy? No, but is it a practice that can help you? Hell yeah. Okay. So you and I look at it very similarly. And I love that. What I took from that is that you get, you get somewhat curious about it. Like, Hey, um, not that I don't want you here, but like, why are you here? What's going on to bring you up? Which is, it can be so incredible instead of just falling into that trap of that negative self-talk, like on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. 
Yes, yes, yes. Curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it's exactly why my book is titled Fear is My Homeboy. It's this notion of befriending and working with the thing that everybody wants to get rid of. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem. Like, we want to get rid of jealousy. We want to get rid of imposter syndrome. We want to get rid of fear. Babe, you will never get rid of fear. You will never avoid feeling jealous from time to time. Like, instead of hating, let's start studying. Let's become a student of it. And like that to me feels way more abundant and empowering and a little bit more inspiring than sitting around feeling sorry for myself or uh, not living. You know, the clock is ticking. Mm -hmm. The clock is ticking. Right. So we got to move. It feels so much better than, you know, worried, anxious, afraid, nervous, (laughs) which can be like our baseline sometimes. Baseline. A hundred percent. Like you're talking to one of the biggest Frady cats on the planet. But the way I, I've gotten stronger is I, I lift the weights. I run the reps. It's like anything in life, right? Like if you want people always like, how do I get more creative? And I'm like, well, when was the last time you took your right. creativity on a Do date? Creative like, things. Yeah. How do, yeah. Like how do I have a better relationship? Well, do you work on it? Mm-hmm. Right. How do I get more boundaries in my life? Like how do I get out from underneath my email? Well, When was the last time you didn't look at email first thing in the morning? You know? Yeah. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it's that simple. It it really is. And curiosity for sure. And also, I love that you talked about how when it comes up for you, whether it's fear, whether it's imposter complex, then that is a signal that you're onto something really big, or this means a lot to you, or you Mm -hmm. are walking into something that you want to practice getting better at. It's not a signal for you to pull back and shrink or run away or not do the thing. Like I always tell people too, and I'm like, you might fall on your face. Like I can't guarantee you're going to nail it. (laughs) Hell yes. Are you kidding me? Like the thing. At least you did the thing like that is so my backgrounds in the improv theater. And, you know, I I think one of the biggest gifts to God, there are so many gifts in the improv mindset that have certainly changed my life and my world. And it's it's inspired everything I do in the business. Let's get into it, because that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you, like about the improv mindset and how it can help you build confidence. So so go, girl. Here's one of my favorite things, and it's related to what you are talking about, this notion of like we are so afraid to look stupid and to look silly Mm -hmm. and to fail and to get it wrong. And oh my God, Andrea, yo, what if somebody judges me? Oh my God. What if I offend someone? What if, Mm -hmm. what if someone doesn't like me? Right. (laughs) All of those (laughs) things are all those things. Okay. So here's the cold, hard truth people. And I hate to break it to you, but people already don't like you. Mm -hmm. People are already judging you. And people are already making fun of you. So the question Mm -hmm. is, right, who are we living our life for? And I sort of always have this like Bonnie Raitt soundtrack in my mind. And now you'll have it the rest of the day, too, if you're listening to this. Uh, You know, that song like, let's give them something to talk about, right? Like, (laughs) if they're already talking, let's go give them something to talk about. So to improv, I will never forget one of my very first improv instructors saying to us uh, before our first ever live show in front of eyeballs, there were maybe 10 people in the room, but yo, I was a nervous wreck. And I remember him tapping us on the, all all of us on the back. Like, you know, you kind of do this, go get them, go get them right before the show. And he goes, all right, guys, last thing. I want you to go out there tonight and I want you to bomb, bomb. I want you to fail so hard and so big and so juicy and so miserable. And I was like, 
like the control freak, corporate America, Barbie, right? Because by day at this time in Chicago, I'm working in corporate. I'm in sales and marketing. I got a big career and, you know, I'm doing sales and presentations and all this stuff by day. And by day, everybody's telling me the opposite. They're saying, okay, do whatever you want, Judy, with the presentation, but, you know, email me first or, you know, wear whatever you want, but make sure let's talk to, let's talk to the president about that or whatever. Right. And here I am at night remixing a whole new record. I am being told that no, actually your failures are the the best moments on stage. They are the funniest moments. They are the most you moments. We want more of that. And what I didn't realize at the time, what he was doing is helping us build our tolerance to pain, the pain of failing, the the pain of embarrassing ourselves, the pain of getting it wrong so we can get one step closer to getting it right. And that, Andrea, I swear to you, when people ask me like, what's your biggest advice as a a career woman, a business owner, a human being. I'm like, yo, I am not afraid to look stupid. I'm not afraid to fail. And I and that all began at Second City in the Improv Theater. And it's a gift that keeps on giving. So yeah, let's throw parties for our failure. Let's seek it out. And last thing I'll say here, if you could do something and potentially fail, babe, you're doing it right. You are probably doing it right. Yeah, I, I love all that for sure. A hundred percent. Just you you have to be, and people ask me that too. Like, how do you have so much confidence? And I've mm. I've thought I've like laid in bed awake and, and thought about it. Like, what is it? I think a very small percentage of it was yes, I was born that way. And I I don't mean that I was born with confidence. I was born with charisma. I mean, like, like you, like I'm just very outspoken. And so that makes me good at certain things like sales, which I've never been in, which I should have been because I would have killed it. <laughs> it <makes laughs> well, essentially you are, you're selling yourself and your work right. and your books every single That's day. Girl. You're in it. But so just a small percentage of it is that is personality yeah. based. The rest of it is, is having the willingness to go out there and fall on my face. Yep. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was easy. Like I, there's been tears, there's been just so much shame and embarrassment and humiliation. But I, I think I've always trusted that that's going to be the thing that makes me better at it. Mm. Like, I just, I mean, I'm thinking of this one situation and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, you know, being a keynoter that you are, but I remember thinking like my worst fear is being up on stage and watching people get up and walk out. Not just oh, like the yeah. occasional person who has to take a phone call, but like, you know, yeah, <laughs> like 10 to 20% of the audience is like yeah. getting up, like, excuse me, excuse me, you know, yeah, <laughs> to leave <I'm> out. <laughs> so I was speaking in the Netherlands and that happened mm-hmm. and I'm like starting to panic. I'm like, oh, oh my God, this mm-hmm. is my worst fear is happening. People are getting up and walking out. And I kept having to tell myself throughout the talk. And I'm like, you know what? This Okay. It's happening. Yeah. Your worst fear is happening and you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Yeah. In my defense, <laughs> I think that they probably just didn't know what they were getting into. Cause it was like, it was like one of those festivals where you can like choose between yeah. a bunch of different events. And they yeah. were like, Oh, this one, I don't understand her pop culture jokes. <laughs> like who's this American anyway, sure. but I survived my worst your heart came true. was still beating in your chest. Oh my oh, goodness. My God, I was sweating. Yeah. But you were alive, like very much alive. And isn't that the point, right? Like you survived something. Okay. You Mm -hmm. take this fear, check it off the list. I've survived people walking out of my talk, right? Move on to the next thing, you know, and listen, I don't think there's a presenter on the planet who has never had the shitty first talk. What is Brene talks about the shitty first draft? The shitty first draft. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? I, I remember my first talk. I do. There's this guy, he got up from the front row, front row. 
Andrea, and went to the back of the room. It was a small room, like 75 people. And I thought I was like performing at the Taj Mahal. I was like, oh my God, this is so big. And he went to the back of the room and went on a couch and lay down and pulled his hat down like he was going to sleep. Like, are you serious? <laughs> you watched the whole thing. Dude, I watched it happen in front of my face and boom, keep moving, right? Keep moving. Yeah. And can you I gotta keep going? Can I tell you an anecdote? Uh, you know, when we think about perceptions and other people, and sometimes we get in our own way here. So, like we're oh, we're worried a lot. I think a lot of people, you know, we want there's a, there's this pop culture phrase that goes around and it's, you know, uh, zero F's given, right? Uh, I don't care what yeah. anybody thinks. And really, truly, unless you're like a narcissist or a serial killer, of course. <laughs> I wrote a whole chapter on this yeah. in one of my Did books. Really? I, I'm hundred percent. Yeah. I, I call it the zero fucks mentality. Yes. Okay. Andrea. Yes, girl. By the way, stop feeling like shit is next up on my nightstand. By the way, you are <laughs> my next personal development book in the queue. Anyway, did you write about that in uh, stop feeling like shit, or was it one of your other ones? Yeah, okay. And just and I, I agree with you, but I called them sociopaths, okay, which is like the so, same thing. Same. Like people who truly don't care about Correct. what other people think. So of course, y'all listening, you've heard Andrea preach on this. So let's let's take it a step further. So of course we should care what other people think because um we are good people. We want people to mm-hmm. like us, but we don't want to get caught up in the codependency of maybe not everybody getting it. So let me give you an anecdote, perfect example from the speaking world. So, and whether you're given a presentation at work and you, cause you, you're going to have to, right. If you have a career mm-hmm. of any capacity and you want to level up, you're going to have to interview for the level up job. You're going to have to put yourself in front of people. You got to put yourself out there. So whatever stage it is that you're on, you'll be able to relate to this. So I was speaking and on st- you know, while you're on stage, you you sometimes um, lock eyes with certain energies in the room, right? To to make you feel good about your work, the people that are really like glued in, right? And then every yeah. now and then you will um, catch eyes with uh, the the, re- the resting bitch face um, audience member, okay? And I was giving this particular speech and I could not stop looking at her. It was like so in my head. Andrea, I had back sweat. I was like, God, she hates me. This is horrible. I cannot get out of here fast enough. And I felt like I was so focused on that energy that I couldn't just shake it. Hopefully the audience didn't know any different. But anyway, speech is done, but I struggled through it internally because I couldn't get this out of my head. Speech is done. Line at the front. People coming up to take pictures, you know, the whole thing, selfies, books, say hello, sign things. And I see her in line while I am taking selfies with these two girls that are like all over me, right? They're like, oh my God, oh my God, this, this, and blah, 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 talking my head off, hugging me, all of these things. They go through the line. The lady with the resting bitch face comes up and says to me, and I'll come back to those two girls in just a minute, because here's those two girls. I'd been watching them all conference, right? They were mm-hmm. all over me, right? They were head nodding and loving it. They're into it. Okay. Resting bitch face comes up and she goes, Thank you so much for that talk. I just lost my mom and I have been struggling to figure out how to leave (laughs) the soul sucking job that I'm currently working at here at this conference you're speaking for. We end up getting into this conversation about she was so the way she was just in it. She was processing. She was being spoken to. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, we tears, hugs like I still communicate with her. Okay, I go to the bathroom, Andrea, after this event and I'm in the, the bathroom going number one. And there are the two best friends 
in the bathroom talking shit about your girl. I knew it. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. And I have never. It was oh, so, Judy. you know, no mistakes, only gifts, right? It was one of the biggest gifts I've ever received. And this was five years ago, early in my speaking career to just get the F out of my head and to go up there and speak from my heart and teach from my heart. And really, truly, honestly, Andrea, before I get on any stage, the last thing I say to myself is like, I love you. Because no matter what happens up there, like you go home with yourself, right? And just Mm -hmm. you were born for this, babe, and love yourself throughout it. And don't take any of it too seriously because you're never as good as they say you are, but you're never as bad either. You're never as, yeah, you're never as good. And you're also never as bad as you Mm -hmm. tell yourself Mm -hmm. that you are. True that. And I bet that story's relatable to people just even at work, you know, in the office, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just so many. And so now Andrea, like last thing I'll say, it's legit. I never, I try to stay away from any public bathroom. Uh, I I will find the bathroom like close. Like I will either be backstage. Most events it's backstage nowadays, but my goodness, now I have this like fear of like, Oh my God, somebody's going to talk shit before my talk. And then my head's going to be messed up. Thank God it was after the talk, but yeah, that happened. Real life story. So I I have to know, did they see you come out? Cause I, my petty ass would have waited. I I would have, the Judy you're talking to now. Ooh, babe, I would have walked out. I would have walked out, but I <laughs> made sure they saw Andrea, you. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I picked my feet up. I, cause I had these hot pink shoes on. I hid like a little yeah. kid. I waited for them to leave. I had the tears. I go up in my room, yeah. call my husband, the whole thing. And then I pick myself up and we do it again the next day. Right. And what a lesson, what a beautiful reminder uh, to just not take any of it too seriously and to impact what you can. And at the end of the day, like if you're spent, how do you want to spend your energy? Talk talking shit about people or moving forward, like sad for them, you know, sad for them. Right. Super sad for them. And I always preach over here, like, don't be passive aggressive, like use clear communication. (laughs) Sometimes there are some exceptions. Yeah, I would have I would have gone out and taken a really long time to wash my hands and like do my lipstick and then oh, make sure I would, that they saw me. Today and I, I would have been super nice. hundred <laughs> percent. It's one of my regrets, no doubt about it. But th- th- I would do that these days. Oh, that still sucks though, no matter what. I'm interrupting this conversation to bring you a few words from some of our sponsors. So you all have heard me be very candid about my mental health journey and the challenges that I face. And many of the guests that I interview here on the podcast are licensed therapists. So it's obvious that I encourage everyone to go to therapy and and have that support. And that's why I'm proud to have BetterHelp as one of our sponsors, because there's so many things I love about their service. When you sign up for BetterHelp, they'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It doesn't just have to be via text. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Licensed professional counselors specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflicts, which I know can get a little wonky over the holidays. LGBTQ matters, grief, and their service is available for clients worldwide. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash kickass. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash kickass. 
And by the way, if you ever forget any of the the codes or the URLs, you can go to andreaowen.com slash sponsors and everything is there. And thank you so much for supporting our sponsors because that in turn supports this show. Okay, so let's talk about turning obstacles Mm -hmm. into opportunities because I know you have a specific keynote where you talk about this and and more specifically, like how to have less emotional reactivity in those stressful situations. So can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I think we we especially, you know, we're in we're recording this in December, right? So, um, you know, we're in this magical time of year where we're starting to think about who we want to be next year and what do we want to get done and we are putting all these practices and 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 you know boundaries in place and rituals and we're signing up for the courses and buying the new planners and getting redecorating the office whatever we're doing to sort of reset and recharge for next year and all that's great we we love to get the tools um ready right it, there's nothing wrong with getting the tools ready to get yourself ready for for, yeah, for a new year right but i think so many times we forget about okay how will all of this help me when, when things aren't good, like, do I also have the tools in place to like brace for impact, whether it be a loss, a a global pandemic, a diagnosis, a divorce, like whatever you got going on, like you cannot avoid shit going down in your life. It is going to happen. People are going to leave you. You're going to lose people you love. You're going to get sick. You're going to have to deal with crazy shit in the world. So what are we doing to make sure that we can weather the storm when it's good and also when it's bad? So what we're doing in the in the community, our improv house of and community, uh, we are really helping people navigate those storms by providing them with the tools, the mindset tools from the improv theater that will allow them to not only brace for impact, but also uh keep things going even when it's good. And our big mantra right now that we're exploring is this notion of opening the door. And the way we do that is by saying, yes, this is happening, but most importantly, and what am I going to do with it? So, and is sort of our obsession, our company, my, you know, my lifestyle brand's called House of And. And see, in the improv theater, we are are first trained on yes and together as a pair uh-huh. on the stage, right? We say yes and to move the scene forward, to heighten, to explore, uh, all those things. It's if you get stuck, just say yes and, right? And so that's all great and amazing. But what I've come to discover is that you can say yes in this life and still be complacent. Um, I really believe that that and is like rocket fuel, right? It is It is um, how we push past discomfort and open the door to what's possible and really define success on our own terms. And, and we use and, yes, and, yes, and, but mostly we keep anding in order to open new doors in the good times and keep moving when things get really bad. Hello, global pandemic. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's like a high level look at what we're doing. But um, we, you know, we really believe that you've got to open new doors. Like if you want something new, like old keys are not going to open new doors, right? You have to, you yeah. have to have new systems and people and processes and a mindset that's going to help you brace for the impact in life. And the ideas in the improv theater can can help you do that. And it all begins with and 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 and. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And see, look at (laughs) a follow up. Perfectly executed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes. And how can someone keep their emotions in check during stressful situations? Well, I would say the first 
thing um, we could do. There's this exercise I have in my book, Fear is My Homeboy. It is called uh, the fear setting roadmap, if you will. And so we goal set. It's easy to set goals, but do we fear set? So for example, shit's going down. Something's happening. You've got turmoil, trauma, uncertainty in your life, which by the way, we'll never be able to avoid. So number one, the first thing I'll ask myself, I think that the first place we go to in turmoil is, yes, I want to do this, but right? Like, yes, I want to start a business, but there's COVID. Yes, I want to lose weight, but I don't have the money to join a gym. Yes, I want to do this, but right? And but is a door closed. If you just simply replace and but with and, it almost now feels like a door opened. So I think the first thing we've got to do is what are the excuses? Like I keep making, so I sort of write, get a piece of paper and I do five columns. The first column is, okay, what are all the excuses? So I put the fear at the top or the turmoil at the top or the, the uncomfortable thing I'm moving through at the top. Maybe even it's as big as like losing your career with COVID, right? So what are the excuses you find yourself making for why you you can't move through this or why you feel like you can't move through this or what's sort of in your way. So that's number one. I get all that shit out of my head and onto paper. Then number two, okay, what could what could go wrong here? What, what couldn't work? What obstacles are potentially in my way right now, right? So I feel like there's power in just sort of getting some of those fears and anxieties onto paper and out of your head. And then column three is where we start to like, okay, reset a little bit. Column three is, okay, if that happened, how would I recover? Who could help me? What could I read? What could I learn? How could I make money? And oh, by the way, is there anybody less fabulous than me who has figured the damn thing out? If so, who are they? Because I know that I am just as capable. So I sort of think about my recovery here, right? Like how would I recover from worst case scenario? And then number four, there's five columns total. What is it costing me to not move, to not make a move, to not make a change, to not make the call, to not put myself out there, to not open the new door? What is it costing me to stay in this, in this weight, in this trauma, in this uh, toxic relationship uh, with this bad habit, right? Whatever it is, right? What is it costing me? mentally, physically, and emotionally. And then last but not least, this is my favorite part. This is where we become unicorns. And this is a big piece of the work we're teaching inside of the House of And is this notion of instead of focusing on all the shit that can go wrong, there's power in getting it out of your head and onto paper. Sure. let's And then go burn it. Like Go burn those first two columns if you want. Like Release it. But the fifth column is where we become unicorns. We instead start to focus on, okay, what could go right? Uh-huh. Like if I stop drinking, if I quit smoking, if I leave my shitty relationship, if I go for the job, if I move to Scottsdale, if I write the book, what could work? What could go right? What could change? And then that becomes the list that you tape everywhere. You make it your screensaver on your phone. You 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 put it up in your office. I forever, when I was writing Fear is My Homeboy, had that list of what could go right when I wrote a book, literally on my car dashboard. So anytime I drove around on my on my full-length mirror in my bedroom, like everywhere with me, right? So that when I got scared, when I got overwhelmed, <laughs> when the world felt like I so out of control, I was always focused on, okay, here's the big picture. Here's what could go right if you keep 
moving. Okay. So that exercise is in Fear is My Homeboy, right? Which chapter is it in? Yeah. Page 120, page 129. Mm-hmm. And it's the Yep. In the print version. So it's the end of chapter six. Like every chapter has five homework assignments, if you will. And it's a uh, homework assignment number four at the end of chapter Perfect. six. Okay. And we'll have the link to, to Judy's um, book oh, and the all best. the socials at the end. I love this. It sounds a little bit like, um, like cognitive behavioral therapy that my therapist taught me when Ooh. I was deep in my anxiety disorder in my twenties. Uh, but it, it takes it a little bit further. It's slightly Tell different. me more. Tell me more well, about that. And it was, a, it was this worksheet and I'll never forget it. It was like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. <laughs> this was like mm. back in like the late nineties. And I love this. Uh, it was, it was a table. And all I really remember about it was to write down all of my thoughts that were there happening. So, so when I got that assignment, the biggest thing that was bothering me at the time was my my boyfriend at the time who ended up becoming my husband and then ended up becoming my ex-husband. And you're about to hear one of the reasons he would stay out <laughs> all hours of the night. He'd go out with his friends and he would tell me he'd be home by like, oh, I'll be home like 11 or 12. And he, you know, it'd be like one o'clock, two o'clock, three in the morning, and he wouldn't come home. And this was before everybody had cell phones. So I wouldn't be able to get a hold of him. Sometimes he wouldn't come home until like six or seven the next morning. And this went on weekend after weekend, after weekend, we'd fight about it, scream and fight about it. And then I'd end up forgiving him. So my therapist, which was bringing on tons of anxiety, can't believe I ended up marrying that guy. Anyway, different story for different podcasts. No mistakes, only Uh, gifts. So many gifts. So she had me write out like all of my resentments, my angers, my fears. Cause sometimes then I'd be like, Oh my God, is he dead in a ditch? Like, did he get into a car accident? All of these things. And then the next thing was, okay, if that happened, you know, like what if he's cheating on me, if that happened, then what would I do? How would I recover? What would my next step be? What would my behaviors be? So it allowed me to stop spinning in just the fear thoughts. Cause that's what anxiety is and spinning and spinning and spinning. And, 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 for the record, I want people to know that sometimes with severe clinical anxiety disorder, which I have been there, sometimes we cannot pull ourselves out of that. So I, I just want to make that very clear that therapy and medication, there's it. a place for that. However, sometimes yes. we can help ourselves. And that's what I love about those kind of exercises. I've taught that to one of one of my kids really struggles with anxiety. And I have taught that to them. And we we talk it through sometimes. So it can be so helpful. And it's fairly simple. It is. It, is it easy? No. Uh, but is it is it is it simple on paper? Yes. Yeah. It's these it's these five questions, and I love that you recognized the importance of professional help if we're really in a deep place of of loss and mm-hmm. trauma. And so many of us have just been through that, and we're frankly still in it and recovering from it. Not one person has not been affected by the way that the world has changed. But you know what we do with it is really you know truly up to us and and a tool someone you could maybe link up in the show notes there's um i put in i put in this exercise that i was inspired this idea was really rooted in um the framework that tim ferris presented in a ted talk he calls it fear setting and he has this like really great 10 minute ted talk about the moment he decided not to commit suicide oh, wow and what and what saved him from that. And it was a fear setting exercise. And it was exactly this, this notion of like, yo, okay, what's tripping me up? What am I freaking out about? What's keeping me up at night? Okay. If it happens, how would I survive? Uh, and 
how would I recover? And then most importantly, if I live, if I keep moving, if I continue to live this one wild, beautiful, crazy life, what could go mm-hmm. right? And look at all the things like him or not, like look at all the, the things he's done, right? To really amplify the quality of his life. So it's an empowering conversation that I think we have to have with ourselves. Uh, but most people don't make the space to sit down and do this kind of work. And I think now is the time. It's always the time to really reflect. And if you're struggling with any of that, right? Mental, you know, mentally, my goodness, uh, let's, let's, let's check yeah. ourselves before we wreck <laughs> ourselves in the words of ice cube <laughs> and, uh, you know, get in, get in, get in a little bit more control of, of what can feel like an out of control experience. Yes. It, it also reminds me, I want to give people one more, one more exercise to do. Like one of my very first coaches gave me this exercise when I was writing my first book and I was so scared to put it out there. It was like my first big piece Mm -hmm. of, of work. And I was sort of spinning in like the, what if it totally flops? What if people hate Mm -hmm. it? What if my editor hates it and sends it back and I have to like give back my advance money and, and all these things. And she said, okay. Um, and she had, she called it a game and it was the, what if up game, which it needs a, it needs a better name, but basically because we constantly, we tend to do like the what if, and it's always a bad scenario. So she wanted me to flip it and say like, what if do write down a, you know, 10 what ifs and make them positive. So what if this book is super successful? What if the today show calls and wants to fly me out to be Mm -hmm. on their show immediately? What if this, this then ends up, and some of the things actually came true. I should pull out that journal because one of the things Dude, was like, what so if this good. gets parlayed into like an entire book career and I end up getting, you know, six for yeah. figure advances. Cause back then my advance was teeny tiny and some of them ended up coming true. So the today show has not called, but I think they lost my number. So I, <laughs> I don't, I'm not mad at them. They're, they're, they'll come around, but anyway, it's just another, another example of a game to play. It, it really is. And you know, if you'd be open to doing it, I want to show you something because what you just did, what if up is the yes and I'm doing air quotes game in the improv oh, is theater. It? Like, and you and I could literally show your listeners right now the fucking magic of the word and and how it can take something really lame and pour so much gasoline onto it. So yeah. do you want to run like a little exercise with me? Are you okay? Because let's do this. So here's what's going to happen. You and I, let's just say we're planning a book launch for your current book that's out right now, but it, we're going to do it next year. We have no budget for this book launch. Um, I know your books aren't. Is it out? Came out in it August. It's yeah, out, it's right? a new baby. Okay. So we're going to we're going to celebrate this new baby again next year and we're going to we're going to pretend like it's not out yet and we have uh, no budget meaning we can spend whatever we want do whatever we want. So here's how this is going to go down. We're going to run it three times. The first time I start throwing out ideas for your book launch, uh you just respond with no, okay? We'll do that a couple of times. Just okay. say no to all my ideas. Mm-hmm. Cool? Um, Andrea, so excited for your book launch party. Uh, guess what we're going to do? We're going to go to Chicago and rent out the United Center. Mm, no. Okay. Yeah, I get that. That's kind of... How about this? Andrea, we're going to go to Hawaii. Let's throw this uh, on the beach. No, COVID's going to make that too hard. No. Yeah, right. It is kind of far away. Um, you know what? Here's what we're going to do, Andrea. We are going to take your book launch to um, Beyonce's next concert. And uh, we're going to have Beyonce literally talk about your book from the stage. I know her personally. Mm, no, I don't want to bother her. No. Okay, perfect. So great. Let's do that again. This time, every time I give a, a random idea for what we're going to do to your book launch, you respond with yes, but. Okay. Yes, but 
All right, Andrea, I am so excited about your book launch. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to pay everybody $1,000 to come to this event. Yes, but do I add something onto the butt or do you? You you can add something, but give me a reason why. Like, why? Give me a butt. Okay, on okay. It. Like, why won't it? Yes, work? yeah. But I don't think that that many people would show up. Yeah, that's a good point. It is kind of crazy times. Here's what we're gonna do. How about we take your book launch and we do a streaming virtual event around the country, and we have Oprah moderate it. Yes. But there's so much noise on the internet with politics right now. I, I don't think anybody would even notice that we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. It makes okay. Okay. I'm with you. Uh here's here, here's an idea. Uh Andrea, we are going to uh rent a a a circus tent and we are going to have a a, a private circus for your book, and we're gonna COVID test everybody. And once they get into the circus, they are going to see for the very first time uh real life unicorns so we can remind them that they are in indeed one themselves. Yes, but I think PETA would come after us with the whole animal thing. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay, so let's do this a third time. We know people who say no all the time to everything. We know people who are like, yes, but, yes, but. Now, let's see what happens when you and I yes and this shit and see what kind of book launch you get now. So what I'm going to do is throw out just a random idea for your book launch, and then you're going to respond with yes and add something. I'll yes and, you yes and, and let's just see what happens to your book launch now. Okay, cool? got it. All right, Andrea, I am so excited about your book launch party. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to have Oprah MC it. <gasps> okay, yes. And everybody's going to have the same outfit and it's going to be opalescent um, bodysuits with pink pantsuits over it. Yes. And we are going to get a cover feature on Fortune Magazine because no one has ever seen an event like this. Yes. And Kim Kardashian's going to notice and she's going to start tweeting about it and talking about it all over social media. Yes. And Beyonce is going to headline the show as our singer. Yes. And she is going to have books, copies of the book. She's going to buy copies for every single person in the audience. It's going to be like a hundred thousand people. Yes. And overnight you're going to have like a massive boom in sales and your Instagram following will be at minimum a million. Yes. And a production company is going to pick it up for a movie. Yes. And we give everybody a thousand dollar Amex gift cards because they attend it. <laughs> yes. And we open up a nonprofit and create free book self-help resources for um, women's shelters. Yes. And scene, right? So you get the point. Like it's that a way more like fun. What if up? That's, to imagine that's the fun what things. if up. Instead of being like, yeah, wah, that's wah. the I know, right? That's the what if up. What if up? What if up? Yes, and is your what if up, right? So notice, like I said, weird stuff, crazy stuff, whatever came to my head. And the reality is just because we say yes and to someone on our team and in our life, it doesn't mean we're going to go do it. An example on that would be, you know, hey, your presentation was great, but you use too many slides. Well, that makes you feel like crap. But if I were to say to someone on my team, you know, your presentation was great and you know what, maybe next time we use we use less slides. That feels mm -hmm. different, right? So it's just thinking differently about how we heighten and explore the everyday things that are happening to us. And this tool, this one word will pour gasoline on anything you've got cooking. I promise you that. And it will at least, if anything, keep you opening new doors and, and most importantly, keep you moving forward, which is what we just did. A hundred percent. I love that so, so, so much. I have, this has been such a 
thrill and, and just pleasure to talk to you. Is there anything that we missed that you want to say before we close up? We cannot control other people, places, and or things, right? But what we can always control is how we respond to it and what we do next. And so I would just leave you with this. You know, it's one of the things we say all the time in our community. Our mission is to open the door and um, you are one new door, one new yes, one new yes and away from a completely different life. The fundamental question is, are you ready to start opening them? And I really hope that uh, wherever you are in your life right now, you take uh, that notion and, and go open a new door for yourself make a call, try something new, uh, put yourself out there in a new capacity because remember old keys don't open new doors. We got to, we got to mix it up. Old keys don't open new doors. Everyone um, go follow Judy. And so it's your website is, is it judyholler.com or houseofand.com? Well, so Judy Holler, okay. both. both, both. So Judy Holler is like my keynote speaking book business. And then House of And is my lifestyle brand where we um, teach our methodology. We have a course happening and we have an apparel line. And so I think both are perfect. And we have House of And on Instagram and Judy Holler on Instagram. So I think if you follow me on Instagram, you can find all the good things and pick what you want to pick what you want to do. Yes. And you should have a candle that smells like your vagina on your website, like Gwyneth Paltrow does on Goop. (laughs) Does she really? I don't know if it's her oh. vagina, but there was a, a oh candle that my smelled God. like that mm-hmm. is kind of disgusting. <laughs> but I kind of want to smell it just so I can see if they got I'm it right. I'm so afraid. Oh my God. Like, did you that get is to so. <laughs> oh my God. I can't. That is so, uh, that is so random. You know, and I'm so here for it. We, guys, we will not be doing vagina candles. <laughs> no vagina candles at the, in the house of and only ampersands, only baby. Ampersands. Only ampersands. Okay. The book is fear is my homeboy, how to slay doubt, boss up and succeed on your own terms. Everyone, the links are in the show notes and remember it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye everyone. Hi there. Swinging back by to say one more thing. You know how I'm always giving advice over here on the show and on social media, and a couple of those things is that I'm always telling you to ask for what you want, be clear about it, and also ask for help. So I am taking a dose of my own medicine, and I'm going to do that right now. It would be the absolute best and mean the world to me if you reviewed and subscribed to this show, Make Some Noise Podcast, on whatever podcast platform of your choice. And even more importantly, it would matter so much if you shared this show. Sharing the show is one of the few ways the podcast can grow, and that also gives more women an opportunity to make some noise in their lives. You can do that by taking a screenshot when you're listening on your phone and sharing it in your Instagram or Facebook stories. If you're on Instagram, you can tag me at HeyAndreaOwen, and I try my best to always re-share those and give you a quick thank you DM. And also, you can tell your friends and family about it. Tell them what you learned. Tell them a really awesome guest that you found on the show that you started following. Whatever it is, I appreciate so much you sharing about this show. 